0: Mike Yardley is taking us on another one of his adventures this morning. a Mike.
1: Hey, your pick for Tuesday, will it be a landslide or a cliffhanger? Um,
0: I, you know what? I think it's – I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. You know, a third of me mm. says I think um, the, po- the polls are really strong for Biden and he should win. A third of me says um, it's Donald Trump. Expect the unexpected. If anyone's going to pull yeah. us off, then then it could be Trump. And a third of me just says, you know what, we probably won't have a result on Tuesday <laughs> or Wednesday. Yeah, we should probably yeah. just actually, you know, like settle in for the long haul here. But it, it'll be really yeah. interesting if, uh, I reckon, say Florida, I reckon I reckon Trump will win Florida. But say, say right. Biden wins Florida, that'll basically, yeah. that's it. That'll right? be it. Yeah. Or or yep. if Biden if Biden won Pennsylvania convincingly, yeah. that would probably be it. And and Florida's one of those states where they count the early votes before polling day. So they're already counting votes in Florida, so we should actually get results yeah. there pretty pretty quickly. Oh, but yeah. Fascinating time, eh? Hey, do you reckon um if we were to play Who Wants to be a Millionaire with our audience and said yes. um that we were gonna take a trip to Fataroa? or to Ōtakiro, yeah. that many of our <laughs> listeners would know what we were talking about, or yeah. where those places uh, are. Uh, I, I mean, we have a very a, a very learned audience, Mike, as you well know. We have a very considered, learned, <laughs> highly intellectual, informed audience. But, though, I mean, Whataroa and Ōtakiro are not yeah. they're not easy to get to. This is South Westland.
1: That's right, yeah. I mean, obviously, everyone knows about Franz Josef Glacier, and the amazing thing is, like, Ōkatero is only... 20 minutes drive from France. So if you are planning a West Coast road trip this summer, you've got to put these places on your itinerary because they will blow you away. Um, In Whataroa, which is on the state highway, that's the launch pad to go to the Kotoku uh, Sanctuary, the White Heron Sanctuary, which I went to for the first time in my life on Wednesday, Jack. I absolutely adored it. Um, It's in the Waitangi Roto Nature Reserve you can only access it on a guided tour. And the whole history about um, this nesting site is remarkable because it's presumed the first white herons were windblown across the Tasman from Australia. But why uh, we only yeah. have one nesting site in New Zealand and why it's at Tataroa, uh remains a complete mystery of nature.
0: Yeah, that's curious. So, how many nesting pairs did you see?
1: Well, there were 43 on Wednesday, which is a good start to the season. Uh, Last year, they had 150 that finally took up residence over the summer. So the nesting season and the breeding season is mid-September until early March. Hence why, if you're planning a summer rhodium on the West Coast, definitely go there if you want to see the nesting Mm. uh, colony. Because after March, they disperse all over the country for the rest of the year and um when i was there my god it was such a hive of activity i love how the dads it's a bit like penguin males the dads are so hands-on they flutter about you know fossicking for the sticks and the twigs to fortify the nest and when they come back to the nest uh to the expectant mother she sort of bursts into a great flurry of excitement and celebration at the sight of another twig um Very theatrical, big poses, and just so delicate. They're like snow-white ballerinas in the tree. They're just, you know, such performers. So, yeah, absolutely transfixing to see them nesting.
0: And what about it at Ōtekiro? Was there there much action on the lagoon there?
1: Well, this is interesting because a lot of people probably think you can see kotoku at Otakiro, and you can, but you won't see them in the same numbers. And the lagoon itself, absolutely absolutely heaves with birdies. About 70 species. So, you know, wow. you've got your spoonbills and oyster catches and godwits and a few halfwits, um, but it's <laughs> the largest unmodified coastal lagoon in New Zealand, so it is twitching heaven. But after they've nested, uh, over the summer at, uh, you know, close to Whararoa. Um as I say, those birds sort of disperse around New Zealand and some of them do go to Otakero Lagoon because it is such a great feeding site for them. So right. through the winter, you will see a few kotuku there, um, but you won't see the same numbers at Otakiro that you will at the nesting site just out of Whararoa. Yeah.
0: And Ōtikiro became a bit of a byword for Kerry Holm, right? Is it it a hotbed of creatives?
1: It absolutely is, Jack, and I suspect it's the environment. Um, It was the first time I'd been there this week, and the elemental drama and solitude of that place, wedged between the Alps and the ocean, it is just Mm. so alluring. It just absolutely gets under your skin the moment you arrive. It's a really tight-knit community, about 40 permanent residents, very earthy types. The holiday house I stayed in was right next door to Kerry's old house. And um, mm. a local said to me that when she relocated to North Otago three years ago, the house movers had to pack up 35 thousand books <laughs> from her <laughs> house um, but yeah there's still a lot of archetypes there and one of the real rock stars is Andy Epps Andras right. Epps, um, one of the country's greatest landscape photographers, he actually spent 500 nights in a pup tent in Fjordland to put together his book of photography oh on Fjordland um, oh, so amazing. you can go to his house and see his gallery which is absolutely spectacular. Anything else? Catch your eye in the neighbourhood? Just very quickly, if you're in for a bit of um, time bomb tourism uh, with a whiff of geology, how about taking an alpine fault tour? Now, these lead out from Whataroa to Gaunt Creek, which is not far away. Um, It's on private farmland. Um, But it's absolutely fascinating. And the tour starts with um, this... Really cool 3D animation modelling of the Alpine Fault that's been put together by GNS. Mm. So it really graphically illustrates the intersection of the plates. And then you go to Gaunt Creek where you can see and touch the paper-thin boundary of the Australian and Pacific tectonic plates. And you can shove your finger in the crack, Jack, and touch those two plates. It's pretty godsmacking. So cool. And, of course, we are overdue. Um, every 300 years or so, oh. the Pacific plate moves up by about four metres and horizontally by eight. Um, I came away feeling quite sobered by the whole thing. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. That's amazing, though. I, I love seeing those kind of forces in person, you know, when you yeah. when you can really try and, um, you know, because sometimes when we talk about earthquakes and stuff, we kind of talk about it in, in – you know, big, grand theoretical terms, but when you can see it with your own eyes and put your finger in the crack and not leave it there for too long, hopefully. Um, That's true. Yeah, what an amazing experience.
1: um, Good luck with uh, your navigation of the tectonic plates in the United States, Jack. Yes, yes, yes,
0: well said. It's going to be an interesting few days, to say the least, but that's all right. Hey, thank you so much, Mike. It sounds like you had a great trip.